0: Listening to our stories, the Australian Army on Operations podcast. This is Task Group Taji Rotation Four, a combined force of Australian and New Zealand military personnel on a training mission here in Iraq we are here at the request of the iraqi government as part of operation okra led by joint task force six three three operation okra is australia's contribution in the middle east region to international coalition efforts against daesh and its campaign of terrorism now, we've just heard some sound from a graduation ceremony that took place here at Tarji recently. There were more than 100 Iraqi soldiers who graduated from the junior leaders course that was run by the task group. And to tell us more, we're now joined by Lieutenant-Colonel Chris Gardner, who's the commanding officer of the training task unit here. So, first of all, Colonel Gardner, tell us a bit more about the graduation ceremony and why it was significant.
1: The importance today was... I'm quite immense for those that did graduate. They've just completed approximately three months of uh, fairly intense training here at the Non-Commissioned Officer Academy and uh, completing the uh, Junior Leaders course. They've gone from everything that we would expect from that cadre of rank to be able to lead soldiers into battle uh, and also keep them alive. So from this point on, they now have a cadre of new junior leaders that can go forward into their organisations and lead from the front.
0: The junior leaders course then how would you describe that what kind of training is delivered to the Iraqis
1: look it encompasses everything from their basic individual training through advanced individual training and then encompasses the next step which is how to maneuver the small teams through differing terrains including the more open terrain that you see outside of the cities and also the urban terrain which is that city environment in itself and then to culminate what they do is learn how to bring in other assets and supporting elements to form a combined arms team and how to effectively use those other assets within those environments that I just described to achieve the best effect against the enemy.
0: And how is the train delivered? Because previously in the series, we've been out on the range and we've seen some of the training in action. How is it actually delivered to the Iraqis?
1: Yeah, so that's predominantly our job that we've got here. And we use differing delivery methods so that we can try and harness uh, those differing learning abilities of our our Iraqi trainees. Those being we try to hit off on the theory of it, and then we try to get into the practical. That being the hands-on, if we're doing different weapon systems, and or the practical of moving through those different environments that I described before, being either the open terrain or the urban environment, and testing their abilities to deliver orders plan and then execute with their teams uh, as they move through. So the delivery of the training really does encompass both the theory and the practical to try and harness and ensure that all the lessons we're attempting to instruct are actually assimilated and therefore taught.
0: And what difference is the training making that you're offering them?
1: Look, I'd like to think it's going to make a big difference. Like I said, we're really trying to harness in on that non-commissioned officer and it's a key rank which is the leader of the small teams, to make sure they understand how to keep the Jundi, being the private soldier equivalent of the Iraqi army, together as a cohesive unit, which is well informed, they clearly understand what they need to do, and then get on and do it by either leading from the front or by example, um, but through those differing environments, like I said. So realistically, the difference I expect to make is that the more NCOs that we get trained, the greater that car drove NCOs gets out through the Iraqi Army and hopefully we start to spread that expertise across and keep uh, the Jundi and the rest of the teams as a cohesive a unit as possible, but also keep them alive.
0: In terms then perhaps of the, the mood that we saw at the graduation ceremony, it was very upbeat, it was very celebratory. What was your experience of being at the graduation?
1: No, I share the jubilation that was in the room at the time. I think you certainly grabbed the, the atmosphere correctly there. They were really proud of what they'd achieved, and they should be too. I mean, it was, like I said, approximately three months of hard. It was intensive training. There was differing weather. Um, they experienced extreme heat through to uh, the rain and the cold, um, but they never lost focus of their training. So they can rightfully be proud of what they've achieved, and the graduation day you know, really marks that conclusion of training for them. It was a, It was a good achievement, and they should be proud.
0: And also there were a number of members of the task group there as well from your training task unit. What do you think the mood was among the trainers who'd actually been involved in training the graduates?
1: Yeah, look, I, uh, I agree. The, the trainers were behind um, watching the jubilation and there was big smiles across all. I mean, when you complete a course like that as a trainer and you see the pride in the trainees, you know, it really does lift your spirits it makes you feel that you're contributing and that the job that you're doing is worthwhile. And I share that with the trainers. We really feel that the mission set that we've got here is a is a critical piece um, to the whole Iraqi security forces moving forward here in Iraq. So at the end of the day, the pride that both the trainers and the trainees have on days like today is understandable.
0: And tell us a bit more about your own background and, and what brought you to being the commanding officer of the training task unit.
1: Yeah, Sharon, so I mean, 1st Armoured Regiment, uh, which I'm the commanding officer of, was nominated as the mounting headquarters for Task Group Taji Rotation 4. Therefore, what we've uh, done here is moved across after being the mounting headquarters and formed a team that's predominantly based on 1st Brigade. Uh, We truly are a combined arms team here with assets from across the brigade being one team. We trained hard. We experienced about a six week intensive lead up training to get here, which really solidified the team and the training that we conducted. Uh, but essentially, we're all focused and we're focused on getting in here, training those that we're given and ultimately trying to improve the conditions and the training standard of the Iraqis that we have.
0: What about your own deployment history?
1: Look, this is uh, this is my third deployment. Uh, I've previously been Iraq, but uh, further south in Basra, and i uh, been across to Afghanistan, predominantly out of uh, Kandahar. This does bring a sort of different personal element to it um, as a commanding officer. Um, there's a level of personal um, pride, that being that 1st Armored Regiment hasn't mounted a headquarters in its history as a regiment, and to be able to be a part of that history over here uh, certainly is a key moment and one that I'm cherishing.
0: Importantly as well, this is a training mission. It's part of a building partner capacity mission. How does that then differ perhaps from some of the previous deployments that you've had?
1: Look, this is the first time that I've had in a build partner capacity mission. And it's also the first deployment that I've had as a formed group of Australians, and in this case with New Zealanders as well. My previous deployments were at the uh, higher divisional level headquarters as a staff officer, um, to be able to be a part of the training, in this case, as the Bill Partner Capacity Mission is, truly is another unique experience a, and it's been a, almost like a gift to be able to be here.
0: And what are your interactions like when you work directly with the Iraqis?
1: Uh, always pleasurable, to be honest. They're, uh, they're a very humorous and um, welcoming culture. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy the interactions at every level, be it from the Jundi through to you know the, their leaders that come through. Um, I just get this sense that every time we communicate, we learn a little bit more about each other. And there are some really great similarities between our cultures. Everyone knows the work that needs to be done. Everyone puts in that hard work to achieve it. But at the end of the day, we also recognise that being able to sit back, if we see an error and we fix it, we can have a little joke about it later. I think that humility and humour is a key part of the enjoyment that we get as trainers over here.
0: In terms then also of your own family backgrounds, how are you dealing with the fact you're away from your family for a long time being deployed here in Iraq?
1: Look, it's always difficult to, um, to be apart from your family. I'm, I'm blessed uh, to have a wife and three gorgeous daughters. These jobs are made easier knowing that they're so supportive in, in the work that we do. My daughters are just gorgeous Uh, in terms of the way they communicate and on those times where you do get to either have a Skype or a FaceTime with them. You know, they're always smiling, always laughing and it's always cheerful. I'm so proud of them for what they do. I truly believe that I'm over here doing my piece and it's really has been sort of like my decision to continue with this line of work and be here because I enjoy it and that time apart is hard for everyone and I, I do believe, genuinely believe that families often have the harder job They're the ones that pick up the slack when you're not home, really keep the unit together, Uh, and for that, I can only be thankful for everything that they do to enable me and obviously every other person that's here with the family to do the jobs that they do. So to all the families back home, thank you.
0: Lieutenant Colonel Chris Gardner, thank you very much. This is Captain Sharon maskell reporting from Task Group Taji, Rotation 4. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.